0: Hey, everybody. Uh, powerful Brandon here. You are listening to and potentially watching uh, Comics Paradox, where we talk about alternate reality takes on uh, stories that we know from DC, Marvel, any number of publishers. Uh, we've been focusing primarily on what ifs and else worlds to give you an idea of the type of stuff we're looking at. Uh, joining this week, uh, as always, we have Mr. Leo Pond.
1: Hey, hey, how's it hey going?
0: Leo. It's going, man. How are you doing?
1: Doing okay, doing okay. Switched it up. I was getting ready to... Justin's button.
0: I know. That's why I did your name first. I I like to keep you on your toes.
1: Well, uh, keep it fast because my
2: my toes aren't so strong.
0: All right, right. (laughs) moving on then. We also have Justin Cooper. How's it going, Justin?
2: It's going great, man. I I love that we started off with a what if. What if we picked Leo first? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: apparently it does not go well
2: yeah we'll have to remember that
0: (laughs) oh fantastic so uh yeah this week um we're we're doing a what if straight from marvel it's uh what if number 24 from volume two of the series uh the name of the issue is what if wolverine was lord of the vampires
1: The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised.
0: It's uh, quite an interesting cover we have here. Uh, Logan going straight at Phoenix's neck while the Punisher, whilst wearing a crucifix around his neck and a very Rambo-first blood-like bandana on his head, is clearly getting ready to murk the Canadian knucklehead. What do you so, uh, think
2: of the, uh, the irony of this cover? Like, knowing what we know about the cover, or, or the story, and then seeing this, I mean, it's it's something, but it's like, okay is yeah, it I mean, story
0: accurate? I mean, I'm I'm sure at a point in time it may have been accurate, we just don't see that.
2: <laughs> yeah. A,
0: that is the tricky thing. Like, I mean, it's certainly indicative of Wolverine going after his teammates and such. That's that's for sure. Um this instance that we are seeing displayed on the cover, I mean, will be will be straight up. It's not something that comes to any sort of like story point within the the issue itself. No, um, it would
1: have been uh well, I, I don't want to spoil it but uh actually i won't say anything never mind
0: <laughs> oh okay i mean I, I think you can spoil it, it doesn't oh yeah I, I
1: was just gonna say it makes more sense you know if it was like uh kitty pride right
0: um maybe. it could be it could yeah. be yeah but i don't yeah. think kitty pride especially if you're going for cover status here i don't think kitty pride is uh really gonna like catch people's attention as much as, yeah, as phoenix funny, exactly. yeah yeah um it is it is interesting to note too up in the uh the upper left hand corner of the icon for marvel comics uh that they also have uh dr strange yeah yeah up there under uh, the watch i don't know who that's supposed to be on the left
2: i think that's actually dracula
0: it, yeah. oh yep okay good call yeah. good call now like, the wow. cool thing
2: here, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the X-Men era artists um, who took over after John Byrne, but his name was Paul Smith. So Paul Smith had kind of like a really distinctive style. This art is reminiscent of Paul Smith kind of in uh, a Walt Simonson mixed together. And it's, it's very like Marvel late 80s, early 90s house style. Which is kind oh, of yeah. different from some of the other ones that we've seen, like in the what if uh, Spider Man was part of the Fantastic Four and and uh, what was the other one that we did? Um, what if uh Professor X became the juggernaut?
0: Yeah. Um, um yeah, even even with um what if Superman, I mean Superman Yachi, sorry gang, sorry about that. It's it's late while we're recording this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what if Spider-Man um had been possessed by the, oh, the costume? Yeah. yeah. Um all all very in line with the style, the house style, but also trying to hearken to the original artist as well. Very interesting to see the Todd McFarlane lines being drawn with yeah. Symbiote in, uh, in the Spider-Man alien costume one for sure. Um, that that right there, I think was one of the biggest things. One of the obviously one of the biggest signatures for Todd McFarlane, but to to incorporate it even slightly while Peter Parker going through his stuff. That's really the only time you see that in that entire issue, um, but it, it is it is always interesting to see how artists pick up the ball and keep running with what was put down before, uh, because the 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 artists that you named uh, Simonson and Byrne, um, this the artist for this was was Tom Morgan, mm-hmm. so he clearly, you know, he clearly made sure to to go through and take a good hard look at what had been done before they did this issue. To try to keep it in line with what we were seeing um, visually through X-Men comic books at that point in time.
2: It's it's cool too because this is my favorite Wolverine costume. Oh my god, the so best. I just I, I love it. It's it's the burn era when it goes from Dark Phoenix saga on, and then you get into like the Romita and the, the Paul Smith, and then eventually like the John Romita. This is like right in that sweet spot before John Romita Jr. takes over. And, and then it's like, you want to talk about like art that's like hit or miss it mostly miss, you know, and it's like, that's like a five year span, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I, and, um, I know you had said this before Brandon, but, and, um, and Leo, I was curious too. Are you guys big X-Men guys? Uh, it really depends. So yeah. I was a
0: huge X-Men guy.
2: So, so this is like, like this fits in with like, I was reading this stuff when it was happening. You know, um, I mean, one of my first comics was was uh, X-Men comic, So I, I, I had been reading like all the classics because they, they re-released all of those stories as a, a Marvel comic called X-Men classic. And they all had brand new backup stories in them to kind of be like, oh, Chris Claremont wrote this as a piece that's going to go to accompany this. And yeah. I definitely had the one where uh, Dracula was uh, trying to court and take over uh, Storm's mind. So so this yeah. was kind of like neat where I'm like oh all right cool. See I, for, I for me on.
0: I I grew up primarily a DC kid. Um you know the way the way it always appeared to me um, growing up. I had I had lots of friends that were were Marvel kids, you, you know. And that was actually part of the fun because we could inform one another about the things that were going on with the different publishers and there was never the, the weird kind of rivalry shit that you see go on. Nowadays, especially, um, it was always it was always collaborative between the fans. Like, oh, you don't know about this? Let me tell you about this. Oh, well, here I know about this. Let me tell you, and that way you'd be exposed to something that you otherwise wouldn't check out. And they, you know, your friends would likely have those comics, and you you trade off and borrow and stuff. That's how you found different things. Um, Reading was, the
2: card sets and stuff. Yeah, like exactly, yep.
0: exactly. You know, um, but the way it always seemed. always appeared was um the marvel kids were always super into the look of everything they loved the artwork and the design and it it had to look dope you know and that's it makes sense because you had like mcfarlane and, and jim lee and shit like that working on these comic books whereas the dc kids were always focused on like these stories like the the big story points and story arcs which which also makes sense considering that DC was the one that pushed something like Christ's Sun Infinite Earths. It completely mm-hmm. changed the entire game for both publishers.
2: I have to um, say George George Perez art on that. Oh, I mean, George Perez,
0: wow. you know. And, and then
2: then he goes on to do like the uh, the beginning parts of uh, Infinity Gauntlet. So yeah. it's like you've got the two biggest pieces of of like. Yeah what has ever happened in DC and Then what has ever happened in Marvel? And it's yeah, done just, by the same artist.
0: I like cosmic I alteration. I mean, it's, it, it's a big deal. And we're seeing that, that escalation occur in other mediums for, for a lot of these characters now as well, you know, talking about cartoons and, and movies and television shows. Yeah. Uh, but it all comes down to what we've seen through the eighties and early nineties in books like these, but what ifs were actually my gateway into a lot of X-Men stuff and Marvel in general, because, for me, I love the idea of alternate takes this is why we're doing this show for crying out loud. <laughs> but because I didn't always necessarily know what the full real story was, I would read the What if? And if I were particularly intrigued about it, it would cause me to go find the story, and that way I would I would learn about it, I would read it, and then know it. So, Not hardcore into X-Men per se, but there were stories that I read that made me go back to find out new things and like find stories that I otherwise wouldn't have been exposed to. So that's where I stood. I mean, I didn't I didn't earnestly collect any X-Men comics. And when I say collect, I'm saying that very loosely because like I always bought comics to read them, not to like hold on to them and and keep them, you know, so dear and precious that nobody could ever touch them. No, I bought comics to read. That was that. Um, but for me, X-Men, it was Age of Apocalypse. That was what what sucked me in. I collected every fucking thing for that entire run. I mean, all the way from like like Legion Quest and Cable number 20 all the way through every bit of Age of Apocalypse. I mean, even Age of Apocalypse the Chosen, which is just like a little one-shot that has like a list of all the different people. Uh, yeah, X Universe, um, the X Men Chronicles, and then all the proper titles within Generation Next, X Men, all that, and then um, the stuff that immediately followed when everything started back up from like Cable Twenty One uh, on for like the first couple of months, uh, and then I stopped again because it all just turned into the same bullshit that I hated to begin with before <laughs> Age of Marvel started.
2: Seriously. I mean, it was it's it was like a, all it's of... such a weird time too with like all that Scott Lobdell stuff. So it's like I totally like I have to laugh because I know what you're saying because you go from Chris Claremont to Fabian Nicieza to Scott Lobdell and it's like yeah, I get it, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, like for me I I loved Age of Apocalypse and once again, I mean, it's very very clearly an alternate reality take. I mean, you can't get more clear than that. Um but then like it came back and it was just as confusing and convoluted as it was beforehand only now x-men was part of the 616 universe oh yeah try unpacking
2: their continuity sometime and it's just an absolute mess
0: it was fucking weird and uh i was i was done i was uh, i was like okay we had our fun x-men and that's usually that's how it's gone ever since then too like i go through spurts and i read x-men and i get like a big storyline and i'm like super into it and then that ends, and then it's this the same old bullshit over and over again. I'm like, oh, well, I remember why I don't read you regularly, and I stop. You know, I, I think, I think uh, like I just st- I started doing the Jonathan Hickman X-Men books. Was it Jonathan Hickman? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman. He's been doing all the the Age of X and and all that shit, the House of X and Dawn of X, and I was really digging it. Like everybody on Krakoa and like finally forming an actual mutant nation. And then after even within that, I was like, okay, now you're just turn it's it's turning into the same problems before you fucking started this whole thing. There's way too many books, way too many characters. It's becoming unwieldy. And honestly, like I don't have the time, money, or at this point, even inclination to try to sit down and fucking pour through all of, through all of this. And, uh, that's,
2: see, that's what I did during the, the lockdown and all that When, when we had the, the pandemic lockdown So I'm like, alright, what I'm going to do is go through and read these So I'm reading like Excalibur, Marauders, New Mutants And I'm like, alright, I'm going to read through And I think it was like 1 through 12 at the time And I read through all of the comics, all of the issues and all that And i got to tell you something, Brandon There was two good ones You know, it's like <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of all that, maybe three You know, like if, if I'm going to push it But like the original X title book, X-Men or Uncanny X-Men and all that did not like like I don't connect with it. And and, like X-Men has been one of my hugest fandom comics and all that ever. Like, I love it. It's always all about the characters. Even if the story is convoluted, if they're giving you some deus ex machina to like move the plot around and all that, that's all well and good. You're still going to want to go to see how Wolverine's going to talk to Nightcrawler or how Colossus is going to get along with Psylocke and stuff. And it's like, that's what it's all about. It's about characters and it's about their interactions because literally X-Men books are about torture. You know, like how can we torture these characters? Oh, yeah. he accidentally kills someone. Now right. it feels I, like crap.
1: I thought you were going <laughs> to say, how, how can we torture the readers?
0: <laughs> well same thing same thing you guys it's, said it's, the it's same funny thing in different like, ways
2: i would say that if it was like a, a thor book or something you know like, but um yeah i i really like the new mutants and um i had never gotten into the new mutants when i was a kid because i'm like oh, i don't care about this you know i like wolverine and all that but then going yeah. back and reading those books like the demon bear saga holy crap i know man. i have it
0: and i haven't read it yet oh
2: that's that's like a must read it's it's a horror movie <laughs> So it's like, yeah, like that's good. And then they capture that original spirit now with those characters in the in the new mutants. And I think it's Jerry Duggan does it. So it's okay. like, okay, this is this is a really good one. And Marauders. Marauders is basically a pirate ship. You've got Pyro, Storm, Iceman, Kitty Pride, and um and Lockheed the little dragon and all that. Catherine. And they're she, she... And,
0: She goes by Catherine now, I believe.
2: Yeah, she could be Catherine Pride, right? And they're smuggling stuff and going back and forth on a ship because uh, she can't go onto Krakoa. And I'm like, this is compelling. This is interesting. The characters are great. I'm like, the story, whatever. You know, they're, they're trying to figure out what they're doing. But you know what? You're still hearing these quips between Iceman and Catherine. You know, and it's like, it's great. Like that's that's yeah. a lot of fun. So yeah, I for mean, for me, it's about the character interactions. I I read
0: else. I read a lot of that, and they honestly like pushed me out when it got to sort of X. Um,
2: I haven't even gotten that far, man. So I, I quit before you did because I like the run with that uh, Matthew Rosenberg did before Hickman, mm-hmm. the one that people are like, "Oh, this sucks." I'm like, "Really? It may be like X Men again." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. It, 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 it started off really strong and then it lost me. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who um, still think it's, it's the cat's meow. And that's great. Honestly, I think it's awesome if you're enjoying it. It's just not for me. You know, I, I, my, I've always had a, a an issue with X-Men, even as a kid, like, cause I just couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out why something hadn't been done about Magneto in particular. Um, and then later on in, in like high school, uh, Charles Xavier, and that is primarily like now that I think something should have been done about Charles Xavier, but I feel like you know because of the fact that Magneto was a full blown terrorist and Charles Xavier was definitely on a fucking government watch list. That we see all these different clandestine agencies throughout Marvel, that somebody would not have taken both of them out at some point. That you know, that's
2: actually addressed several
0: times. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know it. Yeah, I know it, like... I know it eventually, <laughs> eventually went down, but like. Even as a kid, though, I'm like they've been around for decades, and I'm like, why hasn't why hasn't something happened here? Like, it, it's so
2: funny. That we literally pick up this story probably six issues after that whole issue with Magneto. They do a uh, like a big Geneva Convention sort of trial of Magneto. Magneto was de-aged, and when he was turned into a baby, I'm not making this up. You know, he was turned into a baby and then brought back. They absolved him of all of his crimes because an infant would be innocent of any past deeds of someone. Wow. That's done. So it's like, you want know, to talk about a what if universe? That's like day to day for the X-Men. It's crazy. <laughs> but but Magneto comes back and, you know, he's, he's like a new person. He's like, I have a new lease on life and, and I want to do this. And Charles Xavier's like, hey, I really think that you should run the New Mutants. And that's that's literally where we're picking this book up. Jesus Christ. Like, man. that has just happened, and it's like, okay, so, so it's like uh, early 80s.
0: So speaking about bonkers shit in X-Men, then, here we are with What If Wolverine Was Lord of the Vampires, and uh, we start off with Uatu honestly just throwing shade at us, the reader, in the most magnificent fucking way uh straight away the very first line of this entire issue from Uatu is must i really introduce myself yet again yeah you fucker you're the narrator at this point i brought this up to leo and he said well you know he's he's the watcher not the talker and i'm like he's pulling fucking double duty tonight though like the dumb shit you know so i just love it though like do i have to tell you who i am yes Yes, you do. You cosmic asshole. (laughs) You know, let's pretend for a second that issue 24 for some reason is the very first time I decided to read a, what if (laughs) explain it to me? Like I'm three. Okay. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, the watcher. Great. What do you do? Oh, you watch. Phenomenal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's not just a clever name.
0: (laughs) So it's not just a clever name. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he does his, his usual spiel and, uh, you know, I, I watch and, you know, I see everything that could happen, did happen, and might happen. And uh, here's a story of, you know, what might have happened. And that is, what if Wolverine had become Lord of the Vampires? Um, and he goes through and does his usual explanation of, of you know, what actually did occur. Uh, we know that because of this, um, you know, what's his face? Good old Vlad Tepes, <laughs> a.k.a. Count Dracula. He had shown up, and he was uh, trying to slowly turn Storm into a into a vampire. In uh, in the comic books that that actually you know came out involving the story, it was Kitty pride who brought Storm back from the brink. You know, it was it was the fact that um, Kitty fighting for Storm and Storm's love of, of Kitty and all of her friends, her 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 family. Um, brought her back from the brink and, and fought against the evil that was overtaking her because of Dracula, which is so heartwarming. Thanks (laughs) shadow cat. And uh, you know that when she got better, it it tipped everything in the X-Men's favor and uh, they were able to win against, against count Dracula. And um, with the aid of Dr. Strange, reading the uh, the Montesi formula out of the Darkhold, which um, for anybody who's not familiar with the comics, if you've been watching any of the MCU stuff, uh, you saw the Darkhold show up most recently in WandaVision. It had been previously shown in the television series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC, but um, nobody fucking cares about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so let's <laughs> focus on WandaVision. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., And I know it's probably it's probably Marvel doesn't care for it.
1: Well, I mean, uh,
0: it's Kevin Feige who doesn't care for it. And that's and quite frankly, I mean, at this point, like I understand a lot of people are invested in it. And I watched it for a few seasons and had to stop Uh, from what I from what I can tell. They are just making moves to completely push that to the side, like just put it out of your mind. It's great that you like it. You can go back and rewatch it anytime you want, but it's not going to affect anything Mm -hmm. else you see. It's going to have a um, Bob Newhart ending. Oh, if only, man. Yeah, I hope, <laughs> I, I hope Dr. Strange wakes up next to fucking Suzanne Plachette and it was all just a dream. But uh, but yeah, so he reads from the Darkhold, which uh, if you've seen WandaVision, that's the book that Agatha Harkness has and um, Wanda, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, has at the end of the entire series where she's reading from it and studying it while she's locked away in this remote cabin in the mountains somewhere um and you know because of because of doctor strange doing that uh he was able to take care of of dracula and um all all that jazz and because they seemingly destroyed dracula anybody that he had like turned into a vampire at that point had been reverted back to their human form which is usually how classic vampire lore goes um you know for the most part it's usually if they haven't You know, imbibed anybody's blood up until that point. If they have, then they've just converted completely and they'll die. But you know, for the sake of the X Men, you kind of need to make sure that the X Men don't die. So that's what they did. Um, and uh, you know, moving on from that, though, we see that there's a little bit of a difference here. Uh, Wolverine is is changed. He's bitten into a and turned into a vampire, and for some reason, his regenerative abilities prevent dracula from being able to control his mind and uh also right off the and i'm sorry i, I don't mean to make this pun but right off the bat <laughs> wolverine is able to like control some abilities that it usually takes vampires years to learn like he turns into mist and then he turns into a wolf shit like that and wolverine just chalks it up to like i'm just re- i'm just the best there is at what i do uh, kind of frank miller-esque type shit My my
2: theory on this is that since he is so much older than all these other characters, he probably read the book, you know, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe I I do think that other people might have read it at some point, too. Like, (laughs) It is a book that exists.
2: Well, since since he was, um, you know, in Wolverine origin, they have him as, you know, uh, living in the 1800s and all that without. Obviously, any sort of entertainment, and all that they would have been big readers if they wanted to, or at least listen oh, especially to the, fa-
0: the fact that he came from an affluent family.
2: Yeah, exactly. And he was a sickly kid, so you know he didn't have anything. So, so my thought is he probably had some sort of advanced knowledge about this, having read the novel.
0: Maybe. Um, also, it could just have been done for convenience of plot. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like that's probably super
2: convenience (laughs) yeah super convenience
0: indeed uh that never it's like like he had
2: a nintendo power here to help him
0: (laughs) (laughs) good thing i have my game genie with me
2: exactly
0: yeah uh yeah i mean the but the fact is like wolverine just like oh you know uh calls like how's it going your bat ship which like is not as clever (sighs) as you think wolverine sorry bud uh, you may be the best there is at what you do and what you do isn't very nice, but clearly punnery is not amongst the, those things. Yeah,
2: that that's one of the only really Wolverine sounding uh, quotes in here. You know, the yeah. best there is at, at what I do and what I do yeah. isn't very nice.
0: Yeah. And it's just uh, it's kind of cool because Wolverine just shows up and, you know, all of his Logan-esque bad badassery. Uh, he's just like, oh yeah, so you got a, got a whole lot of power and you get, you get the Lord of the Vampires, that has a nice ring to it. I think that's going to be my name now. And he proceeds to fucking take out Drac by fucking lopping his head off. And uh, then uh, I believe also drinks some of his blood um, which like doubles his abilities. Like uh, apparently Dracula did the same thing to the vampire that converted him and uh, that's a whole lot of evil flowing through your veins. A lot of, a lot of demon esque kind of shit happening, and uh, it really just complete... That it's not just like a bloodlust; it's just like a, like a power lust that completely overtakes Wolverine as a person, and he is unrecognizable characteristically. Um, and of course, because Wolverine is also very highly trained as a soldier. And coordination with coordination and everybody uh he has everyone spread like a fucking virus and start taking people out left and right uh and he is he actually makes sure that they turn plenty of superpowered individuals into vampires to be members of his army that he can control um you know it, it it's just really a kind of swift move that we see them cutting a swath through the new mutants and even the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, uh, you know, Jay Jonah Jameson is in the folks at the Daily Bugle are just kind of freaking out, and he's like, "Come on, get photos of these vampires, Parker and Peter." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. dude, they're vampires. They don't show up in pictures. What the fuck do you want from me? Like, I can get you pictures of Spider Man if you want. <laughs> you want that? <laughs> I got those up the Wazoo.
2: I, I did have an, um, actually moment here on the last, uh, on the last page there. So it, it shows Colossus who is holding back, uh, Ricardo, right. Who is, um, Sunfire or not Sunfire, uh, Sunspot. Sunspot. Right. So Sunspot, solar powered, solar radiation and all that yet, you know, would die if the sunshine, uh, shines on him because he uh, is now a vampire. Complete yeah. contradiction. It's like, is someone going to explain this? Well,
0: not only that, but like considering the fact that they're vampires and he's powered up while they're trying holding him in in Shadowcat is the one biting his neck, wouldn't that solar energy that he's emitting at that point in time severely wound them if not outright kill them? This
2: would not be the first time that he has some sort of possession issue going on with him and um also you would you would be like if you check out the Fallen Angels uh Sort of uh, arc that they had. It was like a eight issue uh, series where he fights with Bill the Lobster, who is a gun toting lobster, an actual lobster. Like Bill not the a Lobster. lobster. To, yeah. Oh, it's a it's whole thing. So so there have been weirder things. So, but wow. I, I just wanted to point that out. It's like <laughs> it's like what's going on? Are they going to tell us what's going on? Like, does he literally power up and he explodes in a poof of smoke and ash?
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Jeez. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, I do, I do think it's funny that, um, you know, they, they are kind of like talking, uh, who is it? Oh, Mystique and Destiny is, uh, yeah. they're conferring with Wolverine and uh, uh, Destiny is, is trying to tell him like, hey, you know, Doctor Strange is still out there and he has the dark hold that has the, the, you know, fucking magic recipe to, you know, waste our asses. You might want to take care of him. And Wolverine's like, ah, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll keep our eyes peeled for him, but that dude's dead. Don't worry about it. And uh, I just love the fact that uh, Nightcrawler is there like, you know, just saying like, hey, it, it, he, we can't go at him because his, his entire like Bleecker Street mansion is protected by spells and like it'll kill us if we try to walk through the door. Um, and that's when Wolverine's like, oh, don't worry, I, I got this. And uh, to me, it's, it's just interesting because uh, out of out of everybody there, like we see on the cover that the Punisher is wearing like a crucifix. Um, But the funny thing about religious totems in regards to vampirism is they only work if the vampire Mm -hmm. um, believes in that particular thing. And um, from what we know of the X-Men, Nightcrawler is likely one of the only vampires that a crucifix would work against because he's so devoutly Catholic.
2: Um, Because uh, at this time, uh, Peter, uh, Piotr uh, uh, Colossus is a communist. Yep. You know, specifically raised, you know, sans religion. Yeah. You
0: know? Like on the other side of it too, like st- still going Judeo-Christian, uh, a star of David would actually be what you'd want to use if you were trying to ward off Shadowcat, Kitty mm-hmm. Pride, because she is, she is canonistically, uh, canon- canonically Jewish. Um, she always has been and she always will be, which is phenomenal. Because um, like I can – tell you like two jewish superheroes from marvel off the top of my head her and ben Grimm, the thing from fantastic four um yeah those I, are
2: those are pretty much the two and then there's uh
0: sabra who was one um
2: doc I samson think. doc samson uh, is always oh, doc name. samson i
0: didn't know that okay yep, cool. yeah that's a, that's a, he, he because he he actually like made sure to take his his name from the old testament um that's where the samson comes from i, I actually had to explain that biblical story to my wife like a week and a half ago i was flabbergasted i was like have you ever even heard the song hallelujah by leonard cohen i don't understand you <laughs> like, like, i mean do you, do you
2: not this- keep an ox's jawbone in your home i mean I just, like what, that's a deep like, cut
0: yeah, I and mean, just like you've heard that song like what do you think the second verse is in reference to you think it was just like making up a weird story in the middle of it like it's it's the story of samson and delilah and she goes oh i'm like you've heard of delilah right No, nothing. I had to, I had to break it all down, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the religious, the religious totems, the items there, um, they're only effective if the vampire you're using actually adheres to the beliefs inherent with that particular, uh, religion. I think Um, I learned that in
2: the movie Waxwork.
0: Really? I, yeah, Jesus. I don't, I, I can't even remember the last time I saw that movie. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we have all this shit going down. They're planning on trying to take out Doctor Strange, and there he is flying around New York City, and he's just like, oh, man, I'm just like Daredevil and Spider-Man. I'm flying around the city <laughs> looking for crimes. I'm a real superhero now. And, you know, he, he catches like a he's, – he's heading down, checking some stuff out, and then he sees a reddish glint, and he's like, what? What is that? And as he's walking up on it, he sees it's the ruby of Ciderac, which is the gem that gives Kane Marco the ability to become the unstoppable juggernaut. And like, he's just like standing there and thinking to himself and not taking this fucking gem. And all of a sudden he's just like, I better strengthen the shield of Seraphim around me before. And then fucking next thing you know, boom, straight up. Full speed from behind, Juggernaut just fucking slams into him, instantly shattering his spine. And uh, that is when Juggernaut proceeds to pound the shit out of Doctor Strange. And the last thing that he sees right before he dies is the Juggernaut's gi- gigantic fucking fangs over his face, and that's it. He Isn't just that
2: nuts, man. Like uh, yeah, this yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that happen in this that are very uncharacteristic, and, and this is kind of one of them, where you're, you always wonder, it's like, what if the juggernaut just went nuts and started killing people? He doesn't, because he's not a murderer. He may have inadvertently killed people, or, or people have died because of things that he's done indirectly, but he
0: does not straight up murder people. This was a big deviation on that. And, well, and it's crazy. Part of that, too, would likely be because he he was under orders slash controlled by Wolverine. You know, they wanted to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wolverine wanted to make sure that Strange was killed. And that's the thing. Like, he didn't want to have Strange changed into a vampire. He wanted him dead. That's it. Flat out dead. And, uh, you know, Kane Marco did a bang up job of that, quite literally.
2: Yeah. and I mean, you you don't think about him when, like, you think about, like, cool characters, you're like, oh, Jargonot's awesome. You don't think about him as, like, a villain that's going to, like, straight-up murder people, you know? Yeah. Like, Even maybe, like, a red very, skull he, or something. He easily could. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Easily. Like that, it That's means-
2: what made this so interesting, because you see, like, just that fist knocking Strange's head back. That's a strong, powerful visual.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Thrack. I mean, he already had his, his sh- spine shattered. Like, that right there, like, that's a broken neck. You know what I mean? Like easily, like there's no part of his body that's fucking functioning after that point. Oh yeah, definitely not. You know, and uh, that's that's when we, you know, the report is given to Wolverine. Like, oh, you know, we got him. Uh, his cape flew away uh, because, as we hopefully know, Doctor Strange's cape is is sentient, and it it chooses to work with him. It's not just like a, an item of clothing he wears. That's what allows him to fly and what have you. It also acts as some protection for him. Uh, and then they throw Doctor Strange's body down to uh, like a crocodile pit, and that's that. And you just leave no trace of the guy's presence ever. Um, and then you know they're like, oh well, we don't have to worry about any Sorcerer Supreme coming after us because this guy's been wasted. And um, <clears throat> then they just proceed unabated to to cut a swath through New York City. I mean, millions and millions of people. They're they're feeding on regular humans and trying to convert as many of the superpowered individuals as possible. But they also ended up taking out, um, a lot of folks that, you know, straight up, you know, needed to die. A uh, couple of them were actually, it looks like the entire fantastic four was completely taken out uh, according to the, the panel where they show the people who died, quote, the final death, literally Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm in his Human Torch form, and The Thing, which I'm interested in anyway, because, like, how would you even try to bite The Thing to turn him into a vampire if you wanted to convert him? It looks like
2: like. they they converted both Hulk and Mm She-Hulk, which is a a whole other interesting thing, too. (laughs) It's like, all right.
0: Yeah, well, I mean one might argue like how would you have done that to wolverine as well considering his regenerative abilities like mm-hmm. wouldn't his body have fought essentially what the virus is that turns you into a vampire but that's got to be some way. magic you know it's got to oh, be some magic element that and that can be your explanation for hulk and she hulk too then mm-hmm. i mean if we can what about electro he,
1: he's electricity
0: yeah that's true That, that and shocker
2: well, Shocker's got gauntlets that do oh, like yeah, vi- yeah, vibration. Right, yeah. So that's right. You know, but was that? Nick Fury. Um, I'm having a hard time seeing those. But looks like hobgoblin. I do. Thor. Um, Bullman. That's a uh, dagger up there on the top. Um uh, yep. From Clo- Cloak and Dagger. Uh, looks like Rhino or Wrecker or something.
0: Yep, that's Rhino. Uh, uh
2: Mastermind is there, and uh, Wilson
0: Fisk. Is that Thor underneath Spider-Man?
1: Looks like Thor, yeah.
0: Yeah. I am um, I mean, Luke Cage, the fact that they pierced his skin too, like that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I love Luke
2: Cage. I'm a big Luke Cage fan. Um, there's a really good comic where Luke Cage actually gets taken on by um, by Sabretooth. And, and Sabretooth is someone who consistently beats the hell out of Wolverine. And, you know, he talks about how he's like the best there is at what he what he does and all that and um like Luke Cage handily defeated uh Sabretooth just like easily because he couldn't pierce his skin.
0: At all. he beat the living crap out of him. It was great.
2: Great stuff. That's
0: story. awesome. I fucking love that. Um and then we we see a you know a quick shot um uh, of, oh, just right
1: uh just real quick I got a list of all the characters. Oh, cool. Um nice. this is all the characters in the in the book, uh though. So, uh, cameos with Spider Man, Magneto, Juggernaut, Fantastic Four, Hulk, Moon Knight, She Hulk, Luke Cage, Power Man, uh, The Mole Man, Rhino, Hobgoblin, Nick Fury, Kingpin, Mysterio, Electro, Paladin.
2: Paladin, okay. uh, Paladin, okay.
1: Avengers, Submariner, Daredevil, and Doctor Doom.
2: And there's also the Frog Man down there in Mesmero on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Or is that correct? yeah uh, <laughs> well Man. mesmero was a mutant um you know he, he was kind of like sea a c-lister that they were they were fighting and um i mean it looks like you've also got cannonball and all the new mutants in there but yeah black panther apparently frogman was too dangerous to keep alive
0: <laughs> fuck yeah he was <laughs> jumping all over the place it totally makes sense that they wouldn't be able to
2: convert matt murdoch But um, it it also looks like that was Adam Warlock that's next to him. Because I I can't tell who that is, but it was either that or Quasar.
0: I was going to say, I I literally just say, are you sure it's not Quasar? (laughs) I think it's probably Quasar.
2: And this would also, wouldn't this be the area where there was, um, was it uh, the monk or Dr. Druid? Like, shouldn't Dr. Druid and, like, uh, he be showing up here? Or maybe they
0: just left him out. They probably just left him out, likely. And
1: why why uh they should have made more with Hawkeye? I mean, he, he's he shoots uh arrows
0: you know, wooden,
1: wooden sticks, you know.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean it's it, it is interesting. I mean, that might be why they took him out. He might have been one of the first ones they took out, you know, before it became like such a widely known thing.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely understand why they would take out Reed Richards and uh Johnny Storm. Yep. Like, that just like makes sense. And and then you've got Black Panther in there and, and Doctor Doom and Namor. You you talk about like the big ones of the big, and we'll get to the other two big people. But um Iron Man in this era is like he is not a big threat. He's just someone who they don't they don't even know he's Tony Stark yet. You know, he's he's like he's like a D-list superhero at this point. Yeah. You know, like he's been around, but it's like, yeah, he's not the guy that saves the world. So, so he's not even this list of big people, but yeah, I mean, they're taking out doom as soon as they can.
0: (laughs) For sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, moving on from that point, we see that uh, they are, they are discussing the situation in the white house with captain America and Iron Man. Um, And one of the things they're actually talking about is like the actual cost it will, it will uh, take to, do, uh, to do away with vampirism because uh, they can't afford the number of silver bullets that would be necessary <laughs> to take all of them out. Um, and uh, they just, uh, they're trying to, they basically start up a shoot to kill quarantine on just about everybody. And, you know, the government is just trying to protect itself at that point And it's unfortunate. However, you know, the one thing they, they have going for them the very least is it's being like contained to new york city um they they've just been treating that as like a, a killing ground so you know likely the the discussion would end up becoming like how do we wall off this entire area and keep everyone else from from making their way out um and you know it gets to the point where uh the united nations is uh, trying to figure out stuff in Geneva, and they they have no idea who is or isn't a vampire, and may have control of America's nuclear arsenal, and you know it's just it's steadily getting ready to become an international incident uh, where the rest of the world is like, we might have to take out the U.S. kids, and uh, you know that's that's all fun with the geopolitical aspect of everything that's going down, but then we shift gears completely and go to a entirely different plane of existence where we see uh, the spirit of Doctor Strange uh, who is uh, disembodied of course but uh, he's he's just like floating around in limbo and then uh, the, uh, the ancient one kind of appears and is just like hey Steve what the fuck are you doing floating around here man you got work to do and <laughs> Doctor Strange is like bro I'm dead What the fuck do you want me to do? I can't even read the spells from the book. I'm a ghost. And he's like, Yeah, dummy, go find a living person and tell them how to say it. Haven't you seen Monster Squad? Just go fucking do this.
2: (laughs) And also make sure they're well adjusted. Please make sure they're well adjusted.
0: I didn't hear that last part. (laughs) I heard a live. What was the what was the second thing? Nothing. Just go. So uh, you know, Doctor Strange, as a disembodied spirit, continues his flight around New York City, where he's like, "I still feel like a superhero looking for a crime! Yay!" And he's uh, uh, channeling
2: his best Boston brand, the Dead Man. Yeah, right. Yep.
0: <laughs> and uh, as he's as he's flitting about, uh, he sees uh, Frank Castle, aka the Punisher, uh, taking out some vampires as best he can with his uh, his arsenal from a rooftop Um, and uh, you know, he's shooting them because his guns continuously say, blam, blam. And uh, if automatic has taught me anything from comics, that means guns are being shot. (laughs) And uh, you know, he, he proceeds to, to go to him. uh, And just as he's kind of making it to him, to Frank Castle, uh, Dr. Strange's cape appears around Frank Castle's shoulders. And now he's like, cool. uh, Where the fuck did this come from? It, Floated onto me. All right. I mean, I'm fighting vampires. This isn't even the weirdest thing that's happened since Tuesday.
2: Yeah, he's like so rolling with it at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, he just nonchalantly like, well, looks like I have a cape now. All right. And uh, <laughs> that's when Doctor Strange is like, Frank Castle. Tonight you will be visited by three. Spe- oh no, sorry, wrong story. Um, <laughs> he tells him like, hey, I'm you know I'm Doctor Strange. The vampires killed me. And uh, you know, maybe you could help me take them out. I'm gonna lead you to a book called The Dark Hold in my Sanctum. And I need you to read from it so it'll fucking blow all these assholes out of the water. And Castle's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, you you had me when you said kill vampires. That's,
2: that's <laughs> you had me at kill.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah, you had me at the word kill. You didn't even need the second L. Kill. Yep, got it. Got it, kill, got it. Okay, let's do it. And, um, you know, they proceed to make their way to uh, Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. But, of course, they have the mansion being monitored, uh, well, I don't want to say 24 hours a day, as they did earlier in this comic by Wolverine. Because, clearly, they can't be there to monitor it during the daytime, which would have been the better time to go.
2: Yeah. Um, well, he had his Ren- Renfields, uh, like the the Dark Ones or the Dark Warriors or whatever.
0: Yeah, and... which are just
2: normal humans that are there kind of serving the purpose of, uh, of the vampire lord Wolverine.
0: Yeah. F- OK, fair enough, I guess. Suppose. I mean, that's you're editorializing. But sure. Why not? <laughs> we'll go with that.
2: They also yeah. had to go to
1: uh, Punisher's arsenal first.
0: That's true. Yeah. I mean, you would you I'm just saying you would think just after sunup would be the sensible time to do this. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah he, he had to get
2: his plot appropriate weapons.
0: Yeah, and I i mean, I do get a kick out of the fact that the government is like, we can't afford all these silver bullets to kill these vampires. And then Punisher goes to his arsenal and he's like, hey, look what I have, a shitload of silver bullets. Because of course you do. Why yep. wouldn't you, Frank? Jesus, Mary and Joseph.
2: And I hear they're super effective when fired out of a uh, high-velocity, uh, yeah, high-powered was, rifle, yeah. right? you fucking yeah.
0: using an Uzi, essentially, yeah. Well, he,
2: he
1: also gets his, you know, his discount, you know,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, right. you
1: know wh- whoever is buying for the government. You know, you figure a hammer is 200. How much is a silver bullet? You
0: know, just <laughs> fair enough. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so he just uh, he rains down silver bullet fire on on a shitload of vampires. And, uh, you know, Nightcrawler has the best German reaction to all of it, where he just goes, ah. <laughs> yeah. and uh you know just you know he's 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 fighting them and uh he's he's trying to
2: he's fighting the x-men at this point you he's fighting say. the x-men yeah. yeah
0: and uh you know he takes out cyclops and nightcrawler and then next up are colossus and storm and uh he's you know it's it is kind of funny that colossus is like your silver bullets will not penetrate my armor and frank Castle's just like who the fuck said i was gonna waste some of my bullets on you tovarich I got, I got a couple of other tricks up my sleeve and then he fucking shoots him with a fucking squirt gun full of holy water. (laughs) And he does his best impression of the fucking wicked witch of the West. Fucking phenomenal. And, uh, yeah. So he's, he's, uh, then, uh, going head to head with the juggernaut, which the juggernaut at this point is just kind of toying with Castle, You know, he's just like grabbing his hands and bending them back and, you know, he could clearly crack him like, like a fucking twig. Uh, and unfortunately that, well, fortunately for our heroes, but unfortunately for Kane Marco, uh, his hubris leads to his own demise because the Eye of Agamotto just opens up wide from the, uh, the cloak uh, around uh, the Punisher's neck and just fucking murks Juggernaut, <laughs> just bathes him in an unearthly light which uh, clearly leads him to say, and, uh, and I am quoting, <clears throat> Arg and then he <laughs> dies. I, um,
1: I hear there's a castle of that name too.
0: <laughs>
2: I was thinking from Juggernaut to argonaut.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh God.
2: <laughs> the castle, oh, I love yeah,
0: that. <laughs> I, do, I do think it's funny because, you know, Castle is just like, oh, man. You guys could like make a shitload of money mass producing this Ayavagamoto uh, thing for the international terrorist market. Looks like it got like everybody here taken care of. And Strange is just like, How can you be so callous, man? These mutants were friends of mine. And you know, Punisher's like, Yeah, man, I knew some of them too. And I've had to kill a lot of people I know. I'm not happy about any of this, but if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. And Strange is like, Yeah. Okay, you're right. Like, wow, we're, way to stick to your convictions, there, Steve. <laughs> like, like maybe you shouldn't mouth off to the one fucking person that's gonna go read this spell out of a book for you. Just let them yeah. kill. Let him kill the vampires. Don't feel guilty about it. Move on.
1: Yeah, measure uh, twice, cut once.
0: <laughs> damn straight.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and uh, they they make their way to just just about where the the book is, and uh, Wolverine shows up in the sanctum and. You know, Punisher's like, what the fuck is this? I thought you said they couldn't get through. And then Strange's like, well, Wolverine's like the Lord of the Vampires because he killed Dracula, so he's, like, a lot more powerful. And, you know, Frank doesn't really react to that, but I do feel like he would be like, oh, really? Don't you think that's information I should have fucking had before? I don't know, right now? Uh, and then he proceeds to um, to say something very poignant to Wolverine uh, through his gun, and he actually even says... Um, you know, Wolverine just says, what do you have to say to that Punisher? And he responds with in words of one syllable, syllable, blam, 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 blam. And uh, I think it was very succinctly put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's till I run out of bullets, he says. And um, nothing happens. And, uh, you know, finally Punisher just drops his gun. He's like, all right, fine. You know what? Let's go mano a mano hand to hand, you motherfucker. And uh, they they start duking it out, and uh, you know he's got the uh, Punisher has a sword uh, with a blade made out of silver, and he had it blessed by a priest before they arrived. So it's a it's a little bit of a double whammy, and uh, they're just like rushing through all the rooms and jacking everything up in sight except for one another apparently. And um, as they as they're about to like really go for like that that death throw lock uh kitty pride jumps in and gets in between them and says to Punisher, like please stop don't kill him and wolverine's just like get out of the way and then punisher just slices and cuts kitty pride's head right the fuck off and as soon as he does that uh wolverine just jabs his claws all the way through frank castle's chest and he starts bleeding out and dies right there in the sanctum sanctorum now, there is nobody to read from the dark old. and uh, he goes over and is uh, you know bent over Kitty's body, and he's just he's torn, and he's completely pulled back from the evil that was overtaking him. And he is still a vampire, but he is no longer having his better judgment clouded by the same evil that was flowing through Dracula's veins. And that's when Stephen Strange sees his opportunity. And starts talking to Wolverine and says, hey, listen, man, don't make her sacrifice, like, be made in vain. Let's have you read this fucking fun recipe for <laughs> killing vampires out of my book. And, uh, you know, you won't have to feel this pain of losing Kitty anymore. And Wolverine's like, won't I be dead, too? And Steve Strange like, I mean, yeah, there's that. You'll, you'll also be dead. <laughs> know think of all the good that will come of it but uh, you will
2: not be undead
0: yes there is that (laughs) uh and so you know wolverine doesn't need much of a push in the direction and he's just like okay fine i'll do it and uh he he opens up the book and he's like what the fuck is this shit dude i can't see these words i can't read bullshit latin and strangers just like i'll i'll read it out loud and you sound it out phonetically once again, I cannot stress, watch the movie The Monster Squad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was all I was thinking of as I was reading. It, it was like, so Wolverine slash the Punisher is the the little girl and Doctor Strange is the old German guy. Got it. Um and he reads from the Darkhold, and once he does, uh the vampires uh were beginning to die, quote, the death of the undead, and um then he finishes the entire spell and it destroys all of the vampires and uh you know thankfully we have no more vampirism that's threatening to overtake the city the state the country and then eventually the world uh the downside is that the undead were made up of a good portion of superpowered individuals and mutants And now that community has lost a large portion of their defenders. So the costume superheroes that had populated a large portion of the Marvel universe are no longer. Um, And And look at
2: how uh, Dr. Octopus's uh, tendrils there are turning into dust as well. Yeah, that
0: is very strange. And I don't get that. I feel like that was just kind of a misstep. (laughs) They didn't really think too hard about it like oh it's part of dr strange why wouldn't it turn into dust because it's not technically part of him like it's not skin and it didn't change when he did but whatevs
1: well i was thinking the same thing about wolverine's uh adamantium
0: adamantium, yeah well i mean Uh,
1: yeah his his dust particles are true
0: yeah yeah the adamantium definitely should have stayed yeah, there's right. actually in
2: in um, like the Marvel Universe, Wolverine mm-hmm. has died a couple times, and there was at least two skeletons of Wolverine that exist, and they existed out there in the wild with adamantium, and um, they're plot points in a couple different stories and all that. But um, you know, sometimes it's like Wolverine comes back in a weird way where it's like, oh, there's my shambling corpse on the ground. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, okay that happened it's like yes go check out x-men annual number 11 like it's a it's a thing
0: <laughs> oh thanks bob harris we appreciate your little note in the corner but, uh...
2: <laughs> it's like check it out bob <laughs>
0: check it out bob eic bob all right we got a dude <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean it's it's the vampires have have been dusted and uh You know we we no longer have the superhuman community that once existed and uh the watcher as we we close out um he says you know as the dust and ashes which once were the mutant called wolverine writhe in the air soon to be blown away by errant winds and the spirit of the man who was dr strange rejoins that of his mentor it is a weird new world that they leave behind them earth's foremost mage has passed away leaving this astral plane unprotected by a Sorcerer's Supreme. The United States of America, too, has been severely weakened by this crisis. The New Dawn, which is breaking on this world, will usher in an age of vulnerability and uncertainty. But there is also hope. For a world which has bred such persons as Logan, Stephen Strange, and Frank Castle is not a world to be easily crushed by the challenges that it will face. I suspect it will triumph, and in the end prove all the stronger for passing through such trials and when and if it does I shall be watching you know so it's a it's a dire story and there's a lot of death and destruction in it it completely decimates uh, the superpowered individuals that we know of from from this comic world uh, but I do like the fact that it's a bittersweet ending for everyone involved in it However, and this is not always the case, but I do appreciate that it ends on a hopeful note that the Watcher himself is saying like, yeah, this was this was some shit that they all had to deal with and it could be really bad. But from what I've seen of human nature and this world in particular, I think that they'll actually, they'll work through this and it'll be much, much better for it as, as time moves on. Uh, you know, it's kind of, Falls into that that category of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, um, and it would have been really cool, you know, to see at some point like some kind of follow up done from this world. I would have wouldn't have minded like a one off special, considering um, they've done that and plenty of other other stories throughout the years. Um, it's, it's so funny mind. that you
2: mention that there is kind of mm-hmm. another part of this. There's um uh it's spider-man and the x-men and it's it's a a four issue series and there is a part that addresses this exact story because spider-man was around and a part of it um in like the battle with uh with dracula so there is a little bit of that it involves mr sinister and some crazy retcon stuff and all that but it was just a limited series that they had Hmm. um but this yeah. also kind of paves the way for your Marvel zombies too, down the road
0: a little bit. Yeah. I mean, certainly a precursor to it for sure. The, the idea, uh, and it took Robert Kirkman coming in to, to really drive that. Um, I, I do think it's stories like that are very much of the time that they are made. Uh, Marvel zombies couldn't have been made at this point in time because zombies were not as widely revered as they eventually. A- exactly. ended up becoming. Um, you know, you definitely had like your Romero stuff. Dawn of the Dead was clearly uh, around when this was made, but considering the the idea of vampirism altogether, um, it wasn't wasn't really focusing on like the throngs of rampant vampires that could have been skulking around and and just posing oh, a yeah. constant threat. Uh, we this, were. Fo- this is like Lost Boys era. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So. There was there was a lot of what we think of as like classic vampire stuff in play. You know, you have your hammer vampire stuff with like Christopher Lee, which I don't doubt played a large part in a lot of these stories. Um, because I've always thought that Dracula in this, he was very much in the vein of Christopher Lee than than anybody else uh in, in the Marvel Comics. Uh but you know, zombies sort of became the the big thing in the zeitgeist because it, it became a reflection of society at that point in time, uh, you know vampires there, there's a, there's a romanticism a, around them, uh, it's always about darkness and and sensuality and being controlled or controlling someone, whereas zombies they are just a force of nature it's a it's something that happens that you can't control. And until somebody takes you out, that you're just going to keep going through the motions like a machine. Um, The fact that we've through horror moved away from the ideas of vampires being like the most popular thing, the most popular creature to zombies over the past like 15 years or so, I think really speaks to the types of things that society is, is focused on more. It's, it's dangerous when you think of it, to like all of a sudden be thrust into one group or another, and you have no choice but to continue on with the things that you are going to do, whether you want to do them or not, like that's really one of the driving forces behind the idea, the allegory of zombieism. Um,
2: have you heard of the uh, the theory that um, vampire movies are popular during a time of like xenophobia, where you know vampires are considered foreigners? And that is something where it's like during those times, like, say, like early 2000s when, you know, America was going through like a xenophobic phase because of like 9-11 and all that. Then there's movies like, OK, you've got your Twilights, you've got your um, Underworlds and all the vampire movies like Vamp- Dracula 2000, all that really popular in the zeitgeist. Hmm. And then you have, after that, a period of where we're all kind of trying to come together with domestic issues, and that's when you get your Dawn of the Dead's and your zombies really take off. That was right around the time that Walking the Dead kind of picked up and that got really big.
0: So, yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I, I can see that. Um, I I never really associated xenophobia with uh, with vampires, Dracula, anything like that. I can see the correlation that could be made for sure.
2: Yeah, someone way smarter than me came up with that so
0: <laughs> oh yeah no I, I mean i get it i get it um yeah i i think i think some of the things that that we've seen when those things are popular can certainly line up with with the ideas uh you can you can make certain things fit i mean you could probably say a lot of the same things about zombieism in in referral to to xenophobia you know the that's the fun thing about interpretations is if you can dive in and find enough citation, you can make the case for, for anything. And I'd be very interested to, to see those comparisons uh, that you were just talking about. Cause I mean, that sounds interesting to me. I I, I dig on that shit. Um, but yeah, it, the, the ebb and flow of, of how we view certain bits of, uh, you know, folklore, especially like these old school monsters that have been around for, you know, centuries. Uh, it, it, it's it's always interesting to see how it lines up currently. Uh, I, I you know I think with zombieism you can you could make the case for xenophobia, but also mindless consumerism, like George Romero did with Dawn of the Dead. I mean, the fact that it takes place at a mall and there's so yep. many people there, like that's that's impressive. And regardless of how many people want to reapproach or remake that story, the fact that he made that. At, at that point in time, was very poignant, uh, and, it, and if if nobody here understands what we're talking about in regards to that, please watch Dawn of the Dead by George Romero, not the remake by Zack Snyder. Not that I'm I'm knocking that, but it's I think it's important to see the point in time when that movie was made. You have to understand like malls were a relatively new thing when he made Dawn of the Dead. And so it was just like this monument to crass consumerism and like mindless throngs showing up doing nothing other than consume. Like that is spot on for zombies. Like perfect. But you, but like I said, somebody who might be a bit more jaded than myself could look at that through the lens of xenophobia too. be like, Oh, well this is, this is what happens when we have large groups of people like large groups of others come over from one place to another and all they're looking to do is consume like you can make that that same argument I wouldn't because I think that's an insanely dumb fucking way to look at immigration but I get why some people would I,
2: I I was trying to make that leap there and I'm like I can't either I mean I, I see it with like agoraphobia maybe like like fear of your you know neighbors and stuff like that
0: but it's like, yeah. but like I, but uh, I'm just saying like I, I see how, how these things could could like somebody could write a paper on it easily oh, yeah. uh, i'm not saying i would agree with the point but i can i can i could see how they would get to that
2: just don't base your political views on zombies that's what brandon's saying
0: <laughs> yeah never never ever do <laughs> never. That, please vampires like, yes zombies no <laughs> vampires they, they're they constantly trying to source uh you know in, a way to to feed themselves and everyone else mm-hmm. around them trying to they're focusing on conservation of resources I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. That yeah, you games. guys ever
2: see Daybreakers? I mean, come on. Oh, my
0: <laughs> God. I actually love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> I, I love that. But there's a point in time when Ethan Hawke was clearly just like, oh, yeah, no, that has a pretty cool commentary on society. I will do your movie. <laughs> like, he he did like that, Gattaca. Gattaca. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's another one, too. Like, shortly thereafter, I think he did Predestination, which is a fucking weird one. But is I he in love existence? it. No, that was Jude Law. No, just Jude Law. Which then, is funny know. because I mean they were in Gattaca together and he's yeah. playing the broken ladder for for Ethan Hawke.
2: Which, um, yeah, which is is why I, I was thinking that he was in that. but still that's that's kind of cool. That's funny. Existence is such a B movie too, so it's it's I so funny. I, him and yeah.
0: Jennifer Jason Leigh?
2: Uh I can't even remember who's Wasn't in that it. David I think so. David
0: Cronenberg who did that? Another like, I believe it
2: is, yeah, because they, classic- I mean
0: body horror yeah and I, director.
2: exactly where i was going with it so yeah. yeah
0: body horror freaks me the fuck out like it's i, I love horror movies I had but
2: that on vhs somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah when when shit starts changing people's bodies against their will it freaks me out i have a hard time watching the fly i really do I'm um, like what's this?
2: Oh, it's a gun. It's made of bone. And uh, okay, all right, never,
0: never I, mind.
2: I'm like, i like, let's let's talk about zombies again. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> yeah. So gross. So,
1: so if we're gonna, you know, look deeper into these characters, uh, could we then say that like mummies represent uh, toilet paper scalpers? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a wrap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, m- mummies. Uh, I I don't even know where to go with that. It it just that's what happens when you, when you try to keep it all for yourself and take it all with you. I don't think you're buried it buried. with I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're onto something there. You can't you know? take it with you, kids. That's that's what it comes down to. Look, look what happens. Your greed just turns you nothing but a fucking pile of bones being held together by your own clothes. So maybe in that
2: case, in in like your your classic uh, Charles Dickens, uh, maybe Marley is actually a mummy. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, the, maybe the mummy's, he's just treasure, be,
1: the mummy's treasure could be like uh, stacked up like uh, PS5s
0: and Xboxes. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> well, not uh, Xboxes, but PS5s because yeah. they're of value. <laughs> that's what greed gets you, kids. You, you, you just you get you get buried along with it, and then you get brought back to protect it, even though you know you can't you can't really spend it. You can't do anything. That's that's your Netflix stock. All right, kids. <laughs> Oh Oh, Oh no. Did you did take, you <laughs> take advantage of the IPO? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what we're looking at here. You know, delving into a combination of a classic horror character with, uh, at that time was modern Marvel universe, uh, in a different direction that it could have gone than the story proper. Uh, I like the fact that Wolverine came back from the brink. It sucks that so many people had to die. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's really great that the watcher who clearly was not thrilled to be telling us the story to start with on the first page, I guess, you know, fucking did, giving did us attitude. Say who wrote
2: this? Uh, like, uh, Roy uh, Thomas. Roy Thomas wrote this? Okay. Roy Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, promised you guys a candid reaction. I'm going to give you my candid reaction. the, the story, the plot line of how they have it go on is good. You know, it, it's a good story. It's, it's A to B. They've got a good way to get there. It, it seems like somebody very talented wrote an outline and then handed it and then gave it to someone and said, here, make some words for these characters to say.
0: So the Marvel method got it
2: <laughs> in absolutely zero scenes. Did I recognize any of these characters based on their words and or actions? When, when I, I say I was an X Men fan, like I've read Wolverine one through one hundred, and like all oh, so like angry. years and years of like like the Claremont and then Larry Hama and and like um like even like Jason Aaron and all that, I know this character. I know this character like he's a family friend, and I'm reading these words, and I'm like, who the hell is this person? He doesn't talk like this, you know. It's just it's so uncharacteristic. And and like does Storm even say a word in this book? You know, so. and like you you get a little bit of Nightcrawler, but it's just kind of like this formulaic, you know, it's like, oh, I'm like, oh, OK. And and the Punisher is the biggest joke out of all of them. And I'm on record of not being like the biggest Punisher fan and all that. I'm right there with you, buddy. Do you think that the Punisher talks like this? Do you think that he interacts like this? Like he's going to be mistrusting of everybody, but he's OK with Doctor Strange because he's a ghost. I'm actually like, there are some huge a- issue here.
0: actually, i I feel like because Dr. Strange is a ghost, that actually would be the only reason <laughs> that Frank would would trust him. But I do agree that uh, everything else about him is. Like that is not anything like any Punisher that I've ever read. Like War Journal, nothing. All yeah, right? not, not at all. Yeah, but but the thing, and, and the thing is, I did read Punisher War Journal for a little while in the, in the early nineties because I was like eleven, It's some and, free time, you know. and I didn't understand what the difference between good comics and bad comics was. But uh, <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. That's not even a hot take. That's like yeah, I mean, that's I'm, like I'm, yes. Sorry, I'm sorry to say it, but like I just never really like once i got past like to age 12 i was like i don't think i like the punisher very much it just i I didn't
2: like what he stood for i'm like i get it but it's like this guy's good peppermint in the background but then then you have him like literally handily defeating the x-men who are not just using their powers but they're souped up super strength vampires using their powers then you have have this it's like okay i get if anything, that Iyamago taking out I of agamato taking out the Juggernaut, okay, cool, that's a good modus operandi. But it's like you've got like the other ones and all that. Did you see Nightcrawler teleport at all? You know, I mean, you got Magneto there and all, no. all this stuff that's going on and going down. Hmm. And, and, yeah, uh, and enough for nothing, you know, nothing too. Soaker.
0: But if if you are also concerned about vigilantes or the government at all. Uh, being able to use silver bullets against mm-hmm. any of these vampires, why on earth would you not utilize Magneto in that situation? Yeah, like he would be the the guy that you would straight up have like making sure that any of that shit was not touching anyone. He would ball up all the silver and like shoot it into space. You know, and
2: and, and Wolverine both cares and doesn't care at the same time. Like, yeah. like he's actively and passively making decisions. He's like, yeah, uh, I guess I don't really care. We'll kill him, but wait, I want to, I want to have his body chopped up. So there's no chance of him coming back three days from now. Yeah. So now, like I said, the plot, like here, there's some good
0: parts, well, but here's the thing, like in regards to everybody else and you saying like how uncharacteristic their, their dialogue was, what have you, I, I completely, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand. However, just like devil's advocate on that. And I'm not trying to editorialize the the decision. It's just, it seems to me like you could make the case for them behaving differently because of the fact that they weren't really themselves. I mean, they are, they are vampires and they are actually also being controlled by Wolverine who himself is not fully in control because he is being overtaken by that. Like, double evil in dracula's blood that he drank i mean they make it they make a point to say that dracula imbibed the blood of the vampire that turned him when he killed him and it doubled down on like the the demon shit that's involved with becoming a vampire and that was also now what was going through wolverine and then when kitty dies in front of him he finally is able to drive that part out and that's when you see him actually behaving characteristically for the first time in the entirety of the story. Does that make sense?
2: It, it does, but it also seems like the story wants to have it both ways because okay. I have Wolverine come back at the end. So I I, I give it to you, and, and I can give you like 60% on that where it's like, okay, there's this, but there's like just enough where it's like he doesn't talk like the Wolverine that I would expect. He doesn't formulate words and sentences and stuff like that. And the Wolverine that I'm used to knows seven languages, you know, can, can read like all this stuff. And they have him as like, duh, you know, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not buying it. Even even if he was going to do like this thing where he was like channeling some sort of like intelligence from like the ages or something like that. He doesn't talk like that. He talks like he's like he's a, a grunt. Yeah, even, I didn't even say Bub once. Not yeah. once. Not, not once. one time. I'm like, have you read an X-Men comic, dude? Yeah. You know, well, so you
0: know, it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 interesting to me too because I actually do feel that Wolverine. One of, I'm not okay. I'm not like the biggest fan of Wolverine. I always have liked him more as a as a concept altogether than a lot of the execution. Uh, my issue growing up with Wolverine was that <laughs> he uh, was everywhere. <laughs> Well yeah, he was everywhere. He was everywhere, yeah. but also even though he was everywhere, we knew nothing about him. And that's the thing that I had I, I took I took umbrage with is like he's been around at that point. He he's been around you know for like 30 years and we just know fuck all about this guy and that's not enough for me. Like I can't I can't go all in on a character that I don't know more about. And I understand initially, like first few years of characters around, okay, fine. But the mystery just went on for decades. And like I just couldn't I couldn't get into that. I could not get into it at all. Um but one of the things that I, I have always liked about Wolverine is he knows he yeah, he knows his strengths, but he also knows his weaknesses, and he knows when to surround himself with the people that will fill in the gaps for his weaknesses. And as much as he is loath to, especially, you know, for many, many years, as much as he's loath to be around like Scott Summers, he recognizes the fact that Scott Summers is a good and effective leader. I feel that if Wolverine had become Lord of the Vampires, his right hand would have been Scott Summers. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Because Scott Summers would have known how to organize and strategize In order to make whatever it was they were doing at any point in time the most efficient and effective it could have been, you know, he's he's a soldier, he's a soldier that is acutely aware. Like Wolverine is a soldier who's acutely aware that he is the guy you send in to do shit. So when he needs to actually formulate plans to get stuff done, he's going to turn to somebody who he knows can do that. And that would be Cyclops.
2: I, I referenced a story before in which uh, Wolverine dies, right? He dies and a drop of his blood gets put on this, uh, this crystal, right? And this crystal brings him back to life before the eyes of this uh, person who killed Wolverine, right? He then gets the power of a god, a literal God that can make the universe universe or destroy it or anything else like that. He resists that temptation, shatters the crystal to bring back his friends, that sort of willpower and determination and all that, that he has. And I mean, he's fought possession many a time. He's been in hell. He's fought through hell, you know, to save nightcrawler and stuff like that. And it's like, and here we are. So it's like, so, so again, as like a huge Wolverine fan, this is a tough jump for me. Like the story's cool because this happened before, like all that stuff. This, this yeah. happened, like I think that, that maybe like the part with the crystal and all that—that that probably happened around the same time as this, if okay. not before. But it's like seeing everything that I've seen out of this character. I I love this character, and and it's they're just not doing him justice. So that's that's why I'm I'm just more of a harsh sort of uh. No, that's it's, that's it's,
0: that's good though, man. That's that's really good because like I'm not as well versed in Wolverine. I don't think Leo. You know, you yeah. Leo is he's not interesting.
1: I've I read some Wolverine. uh, You know, but... the
2: the Frank Miller series with Frank Miller doing the artwork and um Chris Claremont doing the writing back in I want to say like nineteen eighty six or something around there is like it's so great. It's just such a good good thing. And then you realize like who Wolverine is and what is what he's about. And he's just basically this constant conflict, and he's a contradiction. And you know, it's just how does he deal with stuff knowing that it's like this man is an animal. He kills people, but he's trying to form these relationships. But everything everyone around him ends up dying and he's just a masterless Ronin trying to make good and find peace. But he'll never find it because it's against his own nature. And it's like that's that's the cool thing about him. You know, And that's that's yeah. what I always like. It, rather than like what? he's going to cut think- people. Well,
0: I can I can dig on that, especially because we've received more of his background. Like we know who he is and what has occurred to get him to that point. Um, it was that whole like, oh, he he goes out and cuts people and fucks them up. Yeah, that's the thing that I I had a problem with. I'm like, I can't get behind that just because, like, yeah, sure, the stuff he does is like brutal and cool, but that's not enough for me. That's it's sort of the, I mean, and I'm not trying to knock Wolverine because I I like the character. It's and I like him more since they've done that. But as a kid, it wasn't that wide a line between like Punisher and Wolverine.
2: Yeah, and I can see that absolutely. I mean, they they get lumped together all the time. You know, they yeah. even had a, a like a jungle adventure together. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher you know?
0: Wolverine wasn't that yep. the name of the yeah yeah.
2: And I think it was and, yeah.
0: Yeah, that yeah was the, that I, I told totally it, it, it.
2: it It's so funny too because eventually the characters will go on to get like a deeper meaning and everything else. And you know, like like some people, like like our friend Mark, will will go to the uh, extreme of saying how much they love the Punisher because of uh, like the Garth Ennis and all, all that uh, series. But um, I just never connected with that guy. But um, Wolverine, yeah. someone where it's like, man, I I think I must have read like a thousand wolverine comics if 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 i've read one so
0: that's that's great though man i mean you know i think i think on both sides of the the big two fence you know everybody has something that they they can connect with even if it's one character or several characters i mean that's why you fall on one side or the other for the most part uh you know for me on the dc side like i'm a big superman guy like Mm -hmm. superman has always been there in my life, like my, my dad was a, was a fucking nerd. And I just, I basically never had a choice in the matter. Like it was going to happen. <laughs> um But on the Marvel side of things, and it took me a while. uh I liked a lot of the characters, but I was, I, there wasn't anyone I gravitated towards in particular. And then I read Daredevil, the man without fear.
2: By yes.
0: Oh man. That's and, a great one. And that is, that There's is why <laughs> that is when daredevil became my favorite character from marvel comics nice um it was it was a combination of the writing and art and and honestly like i mean i was i'm irish catholic and that you would think that that like played into it um because they they use his irish catholicism and his guilt and so much stuff but that wasn't it at all it was the fact that they took like the kind of stuff that they were doing in Spider-Man, always trying to give him a problem. Um, but it actually did affect everything in Matt Murdoch's life and always just piled onto him in a way that there was never a solid and quick resolution. There was never like that fun, airy, like, Oh, well, I guess I'll have to deal with this kind of shit with daredevil. It was, if it was a problem in issue seven, it was likely still going to be a problem he had to deal with in issue 30.
2: Oh, yeah. And if you guys are reading Daredevil now, I mean, it's like at, at this point, he's going to jail because he accidentally killed someone and uh, Elektra yeah. has taken over as Daredevil. It's it's like this has never been done before. And it's, he's, for his principles, suffering. It's it's crazy.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think about stuff like that and, you know, we, we think about it, Uh, you know, someone suffering and going through and and sacrificing themselves to try to save everybody, even after they've done some questionable things Mm -hmm. that I think does line up very well within the confines of this issue that we just read with how Wolverine behaves at the very end. Um, They may have dropped the ball on characterization through for a lot of the, a lot of the characters throughout it. But when push comes to shove at the very end, that was an incredibly wogan ask thing for him to do
2: absolutely i i agree at that absolutely um i mean i'm somewhat suspect that someone who can disincorporate you know like kitty pride would be so easily cut and um in frank castle who does not kill innocent people just kind of kills her so I'm like, but she's right. a vampire
0: She's a vampire. Yeah. So
2: th- it seemed like it was accidental too. So it was
0: like, oh, yeah. I mean, he was mid swipe. And I mean, you also have to remember too that, you know, Kitty Pride was also a kid. And she, I mean, I think at that point still, because I, I don't know if this is still the case, but then for sure, like she could, she could only phase um, uh, rather when she phased, she had to hold her breath because she couldn't breathe when she was phased. So like, while she was shouting, is when the knife went through. So it's not like she could have caught her her own breath and then phased. Um, so that's the only. I'm I'm trying not to editorialize. I'm just trying to figure out the logical reason why, other than plot induced stupidity.
2: Yeah, all all of that changes too. So but, it, it just okay. kind of depends on where you are in the mythos with that. So it's like you you could absolutely be right. It could be there, but it's like the I think after they fought. Uh, Dr. Doom or something like that, or, or actually after Inferno or something, then uh, she had a hard time not fading away and she was disincorporated all the time. Okay. So, like, she had to go to, like, Reed Richards for help, but but you, you could... Which everybody can does,
0: apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. He's, he's a big player in this, and I mean, in this one, this is, like, the the fourth issue we've done of what if, and there's another Reed Richard showing up. So
0: yeah, at the, at the very least making sure that they take him out so he can't foil the bad guy's plans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, just to, to finish it up by saying like, you know, I, I agree with your assessment, Justin. I, I do. I, I think that maybe in how they executed some of this, it, it's a little head scratchy questionable. Um, but at the very end, they, they stuck the landing. I think. oh it's
2: it's fun for discussion though you know so oh yeah like and, and it's it's always cool like the headspace that it puts you in you're like yeah you know what wouldn't it be cool if someone like talented wrote this <laughs> yeah, it's like like wouldn't it be cool if you haven't go through and it's like we talk about like Kurt Busiek all the time it's like could you imagine if him or like J.M.D. Oh. Mateus went through and did the dialogue in here yeah, that'd holy. be phenomenal you know, like, it, it, there's so much meat on this bone, you know, so it's, it's like, it would be cool. And, and I, I love the concept. Like, so yeah. it's like, I don't at all regret reading this. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me angry, because I'm such a passionate fan about some of this stuff. It's like, oh, man, you're really doing my guy dirty. But it's like, other than that, it's like, it's a fun ride.
0: Yeah, know, well, the, the thing that's important to remember, too, is, I mean, these are all standalone issues. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're one offs. And if you don't like I mean, for example, we will we are going to cover another comic uh, at some point, probably in the near future. Uh, and I had to make sure to differentiate when I told you what issue we were reading tonight. I said, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're going to we're going to read what if Wolverine had been Lord of the Vampires. And I, I had to give the caveat, I mean, issue number 24 not issue number thirty-seven, which is entitled "What If Wolverine Was Lord of the Vampires During Inferno," is a is a difference, um, you know. But if you don't like this Wolverine as Lord of the Vampire story, maybe you'll like the other one in issue thirty-seven. Who knows? Yeah, uh, there's yeah, any so. there's any number of of uh, takes on Wolverine within the confines of this series as well. And, and
1: uh, chances are, it's going to be a hell of a lot better than Inferno.
2: Yeah. Oh, you didn't probably. like Inferno? Okay, all right. <laughs> uh,
0: but, you know, it, that's that's the fun thing about series and stories like this is, you know, you may not agree 100% with the take, but thankfully, you know, it's just one take that lasts for one issue. Yeah. It's it's not something that overly affects anything, certainly not canon. Uh, and, you know, you can always just move along to the next issue, which is going to have absolutely nothing to do with the last thing you just read. Yeah, that's that's go. the fun thing about and, you know um, you know uh, oh my god what's the word I'm looking for Berber, not analogy uh, da, 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 whatever <laughs> my god I can't remember the word this is killing me but yeah, it's the fun thing about series that you know just are, are disconnected from from each thing you just you're going along and okay I I hated issue twenty four here comes issue 25 because I loved issue 23. Let's, let's see what the next one yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you don't like this one. Well, maybe you'll enjoy a story where Spider-Man decided to keep his six arms. Let's try that, which we will cover at some point. In the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, overall it's enjoyable. I found it enjoyable. It's not the best, but it's certainly different. And uh, they, they managed to make their way back to why the character Wolverine is, who he is as we know him. You guys agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, <laughs> you, you said it succinctly. So, yeah. you know, I,
2: I've spoken my piece on the characterizations and, you know, I I like the overall story arc of it. So, I, I think it has a good ending, awesome. which is, um, you know, like, what else can you say about it? <laughs>
0: Outstanding. And uh, Leo, did you, did you at least enjoy it?
1: I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, uh, you know, um, since I don't know the characters that well, uh, I couldn't really tell whether, you know, it was, uh, in their voice or not, you know, uh, but other than that, you know, just the story was decent.
0: Good. All right. So, um, this, this sounds like it was a, a good choice. I mean, certainly, uh, not and this is a good thing. Like we we uh, definitely had some differing opinions uh, throughout, which uh, I I fucking love. And honestly, Justin, I don't think I was quite as aware uh, that you were so like into Wolverine before we before we got into this. Isn't that so, cool? <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm glad because you you were able to like kind of bring some Wolverine expertise into it. Because otherwise, I would have been like, yeah, adamantium and claw, pointy, sticky, sticky. Okay, great you know, and now he has fangs. (laughs) So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you were able to give some perspective on that. So thank you. I, I really appreciate that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we've well covered this issue and, uh, we can, we can move along. Uh, let's, uh, Let's finish this up and, you know, let's uh, let's see. I'll, I'll go with Justin first, okay, Leo? I don't want to throw your shit off. Justin, uh, tell, tell everybody what your deal is. Where can they find you and all that stuff?
2: Uh, you, you can check me out on Facebook at Geek Life HQ. Also on Twitter, Geek Life HQ. Instagram as well for the Geek Life HQ podcast. The uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Facebook page, Epic Shells. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast,
0: Epic Tales from the Sewers. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Mr. Leo, Mr. Leo Pond, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond, but you know, more importantly, follow these awesome dudes. Uh, and I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, tons of people doing a lot of awesome stuff. So make on make sure you head on to the dorkening.com to learn about everybody there. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's me.
0: Excellent. All right, and uh, I am powerful Brandon, uh, aka Brandon Powers. Uh, if you'd like, uh, I'd love to see you come on over to the Powers Combined Facebook group. Uh, we're just a bunch of geeks that have a good time sharing knowledge, memes, and laughs. Our number one rule is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at This Brandon Has Powers. You can find me uh, every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Dorkening Network podcast. Uh, you can see it on Facebook youtube any number of places where fine podcasts are streamed uh and then uh also uh aside from this uh i am also you can find me on the dork knight podcast uh with justin and leo where we cover uh all things batman uh just talking about batman left and right these guys are incredibly well versed in the character and i am usually along for the ride and to offer up smarmy comments so uh (laughs) It's a, it's a lot of fun. You guys check it out. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll be dropping them all very soon. All right. And uh, that should just about cover it here at Comics Paradox. I hope everybody has a great night. Bye. Bye, everybody.